Crazy. Disruptive. Explicit. We say it like it is. Real world sales and marketing. Real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This, this is the Recapic Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, the Recapic Podcast, where we're wreaking havoc on uh, marketing, sales, general uh, life advice. Life advice. We're disruptive, we're a force to be reckoned with. My name's Jody. Across from me is a handsome man known as. I am Trevor Brown. Hi. You can call me T Brown if you want. I'll call you T Brown. T Bone, T Boner, wherever you want. Can I call you Mofo? Yeah. All right. Mofo. So uh, I, I say this a lot. Maybe I got to stop saying it, but I'm super excited again. I, maybe I'm the most excited guy. You always. I get very, I'm easily excitable. That's but, not a problem. Well, yeah. You know what? I like it to think of that like you're, you a, like you're a dog. Your tail is always wagging. Right. That's a good thing. That's a good point. Good point. So my tail's wagging today because we have a special guest on with us. We're just continuing to build up to bigger and bigger guests. I probably have, We're probably going to have to go A-list after this. Mm. Um, we've had uh, his business slash life partner tony Ferguson, on with us a few episodes ago uh i didn't know you guys were together like that i thought you were married yeah pretty interesting Hmm. probably there's a whole nother episode for that i'm sure but (laughs) we have mr jason swan with us today (laughs) i'm gonna let him intro himself a little bit but i think that uh, i am gonna also tease it with why uh one of the reasons why he's on here in our topic today because i think he can mm-hmm. get into why this maybe fits for him, but uh, the I believe that the whole world, business world, personal world, everything we analogy we do a lot of analogies to sports on this podcast, a lot of analogies to football, but we're really going to kind of dive into this uh, how the world is like a big football team, why we're all just part of a big football team. I saw a great shirt which actually segues into the one of the episodes we'll do later. While I was eating lunch with my daughter the other day, it says the I in team is an a hole. Hmm. Have you seen that? No, but that's a good one. Graphically, it's got the A, and then it's got a little I within the A, and the dot of the I is the whole of the A. Mm. I and team is an A-hole. I'm like, that's brilliant. I wish I would have thought about it, or thought yeah, of it. some money off of it. Yeah. We'll bring that up on a future podcast the, uh, yeah. that we keep teasing for the funny t-shirt podcast. We're going to do it. I'm going to do the research. We are going to do it. We just got to do more research. But back yeah. to the football thing, uh, one of the reasons I think uh, I'm going to have Swan give his little bio, but... One of the best, he because he, he won't say this, I'm going to say this, one of the best athletes that we know, that we hung out with, mm-hmm. very a, hands a, down, very good football player, very good track athlete. Probably uh, one of the most humble guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, he won't say it. That's why I've got to say yeah. it. Uh, just astonishingly good looking. Mm. So I, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got it all. But other than that, Swan, uh, what, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living. Well, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not as nearly as good an athlete as you guys say. Lies, uh, I, eh, lies. Listen, good athletes go play in college. I didn't yeah. even get that Go- far. However, Go- Google it. But I am a record holder. I am pretty good looking. I will say that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I own uh, with my partner uh, Tony Ferguson Idaho Select Insurance. Um, I know Tony's been on a previous prod, uh, podcast and. He might as well be my life partner. I spend more time with him than my than my family. Does he wear sunglasses all the time at work? He bought these new. <gasps> he got some of the blue blockers, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he wore sunglasses the whole two episodes yeah. with us. Oh. He never took them off. Oh, I think he forgot he had them on. Probably. 
Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give him one way to put it. I'll talk to him about that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> they were, you know what I'd like to think? He was, it was blocking all the cool frequencies that you and I were emitting. Yes. That's, what, sure it that's what it was. Anyway, continue. Well, that's about all. I mean, the end. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. For the Gavin. <laughs> what, what else would Fade you, out like? What else would you like to know? Fade out. Um, okay. So you, you're, you're no, go back a little bit. Here's, yeah. here's what I think. Cause I know obviously a lot of his background. I could just do this if you want as him. I could do it, but yeah. no. Um, Playing the role of Jason but, Swan. uh, Swanee, uh we've been friends since we were 12 years old, and so I've been around a lot, spent a lot of time around him, probably as much time around his family as I did around my own most cases. You, you come from a third-generation insurance company, insurance family. Yes. Grandpa. Tell, just give a little synopsis of like what Grandpa did. I mean, when Jess, Jess was way back in, in some names yeah. that people know. Yeah. Yeah, so in back in the 40s, my grandfather worked for J.R. Simplot, and at that time, insurance was, you know, kind of, I mean, insurance had been around before that, but suddenly it was a big issue with the Simplot Corporation, and J.R. Simplot went to my grandpa and said, Jess, I've got all this insurance I got to deal with. I hate it. I don't want to deal with it, and I don't trust anybody. It sounds like something he'd say. Sounds in business. Sounds like said, so I'm going to front the money. You're going to start an agency, and I'm going to be your first client. So um, my grandfather. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad way to start a business. How did he know J.R. Simplot? He worked for him. Okay. Don't ask me what he did at the time, because like, I, I don't know. I can't remember. But he something. did. French and for anybody that's listening that's not in Idaho, yes, we're talking about J.R. Simplot, like Simplot potatoes. As in, like yeah. they make the French fries for McDonald's. Yes. Kind of Simplot, like a yeah. very large for company a long now. long time. And used to be formerly the richest man in the state of Idaho. He and, was a billionaire. Yeah. yeah, he was our first billionaire. Yeah. Um, so a very, deal. very big deal. And then to be tapped in as his main insurance guy was pretty pretty that's, awesome and that's an amazing story that's crazy <laughs> like just right there well like, just like i mean and it's funny i grew up i mean it's funny we have a lot of insurance connections because you know i my you know my dad at one point was an insurance agent my mom worked for an insurance agency my ex-wife's family owned an insurance agency like i mean i've got a lot of insurance connections and it's so i i meet a lot of people in the insurance and you can always say the name swan still in the insurance agency and a lot of people will remember because there was the, the big building down on state street with a giant swan on top of it you know swan yep. insurance i drove by the building the other day and i, I kind of laughed that. about it i'm like yeah i'm like laughing like you know now we're adults it'd be really cool if that building ever came up for sale and I never knew put, put a different business. But that in was there. your Go. family. Yep. Like that. Really? Yeah. How did I not yes. know that? I've lived here my whole life. I don't know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> so yeah. And then uh then dad came in and he took over and got into insurance for a while. And now your third generation it just keeps on rolling. Yep. Yeah. Kind of interesting. My dad, so my dad and another guy bought my grandpa out. And then I remember in high school, my dad asked me, he said, Well, you have any interest in getting in the insurance business. Mm. And I, of course, didn't hesitate. And I said, no, thanks. I got much <laughs> bigger plans than that. I'm I mean, an athlete. I don't barely know what insurance is. I don't, <laughs> you know, doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. No, Off it, to it college doesn't. I go. <laughs> My dad sells the agency. Um, and then fast forward, here I am in the, in the gonna, insurance industry. Yeah. But How long did it take you to get back in? Well, or to get in, I guess, for the first time. Well... I took my sweet time to get through college, um, and then I went. Could have been a doctor. He's working on being a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's in, yeah. he's in the medical program. He's Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people go to school for seven years. Yeah, they're called doctors. Called doctors. <laughs> Shut up, Richard. Had, had some different jobs. Worked with T. Brown, uh, slinging some lumber. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, ended up, I needed a job in small world. Trevor's uh, father-in-law at the time owned an agency, and he got me a job selling insurance. Well, knew. I mean, he was after you for. The, I mean, knew Jess, so like he he went way back in the in uh-huh. the industry. So he was always chirping. Yeah, he's got it in his blood. He's you've got he's a, a swan. He's got, got it in a his pedigree. Blood. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> he's a purebred. <laughs> pure we gotta breed him. Sure, gotta yeah. breed him. <laughs> So yeah, he was after him for a while, and like I said, it kind of just. You should put that on your you, business card when you put it around. Purebred, purebred insurance guy. That'd be a good one. Third generation strong. Yeah. So, but you gotta say it like that. Can you do it? No. Try just third generation strong. I don't have that voice. I don't. You I could can't try. do it. Yeah, that's close. <laughs> Another little bit of information we get into before we get into serious shit. Mm. You two share a birthday. We do share a birthday. You guys are birthday brothers. Which. Have we ever golfed together actually on our birthday? We, you guys try a lot. We we've, try a lot. I we've tried for the last decade. I don't know if we've ever. I've golfed with you on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Actually, a couple times. You almost beat somebody. Which means up. I dicked Swan over on his birthday. Yeah. I didn't go golfing with yeah, him. Yeah, you almost beat somebody up on my birthday. That's right. Yeah. The one of the guy that decided Kept to get on. up into your yeah. sister. Yeah, I'm about really going to kill that guy. Yeah, on the golf course. On the golf yeah. course. Yeah. He nicely went back and said, "Listen." I know you're a real good golfer, but if this if your ball comes into our little group again, I'm going to shove it up your ass. Interesting. And that's all he had to say. He was like he very nice he didn't about have it. Any more balls than into us. No, yeah. that solved the problem. Yeah, I guess he did not want his ball put in his no a hole, as you call it. Yeah, earlier. the a hole for a callback. Yeah, to the to the shirt. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So we share a birthday. So this year, let's go golf for sure. I oh, how about this? Ready for this? I'll give you all my insurance stuff, right? And let's go golf. And you can write it off. Brilliant. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I'll bring my VIN number. I'll bring my my prison record. All that stuff. Yes. Bring a big one. Bring like a you're gonna have to bring a suitcase. Yeah. That's one of my good lines when when Jalen starts dating. It's my line. I'm like, I'm not afraid to go back to prison, boy. Treat her good. And then it's pretty soon you just want them to go away, just someone to come get them. Oh. Trust me. Okay. Yeah, just take them away. Yeah, you're a little ahead of me on that yeah. whole game. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. <laughs> 20 holds, you're so, oldest. 12. Yeah, so I'm a little bit ahead of you. So you're the you're the baby of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Late yeah. bloomer. That's all right. That's all right. He's still an athlete, and he's purebred. Purebred. So I think it, um, Swan, you know, Swan did play a lot of football. I mean, early on, played a lot of football, played all the way through. But you got to... Touch you get touched into college ball a little yeah, bit, right? Played? Montana State. No, well, I didn't play. I I went, but decided very quickly that it wasn't right. And there's actually an interesting story in that because it's something I've actually told. I've actually used your story to me in to when I speak to people sometimes about the the difference. You know, like you said, the step between high school and college, mm-hmm. and how quickly you figured out like your roommate. You told the story about the guy that. You were you couldn't hardly drag your ass back to the room to get because you're so tired after these workouts. They were kicking your ass. You could eat food, get back to the room, and all you wanted to do was sleep. And the roommate guy you're with, I can't remember, I played the same position you or whatever, yeah. but you guys got paired together, and he'd stay up all night fucking reading the goddamn playbook like yep. he couldn't sleep. He was so excited to go to practice the next day, 
And that's when Swan was like, uh, there's a whole different fucking level of competitor, you know, of athlete at this level. Is that, like, <laughs> is that normal at the college level? Well, I think the guys that are good. They're nerds. Yeah. They're, they're nerds for the game. You're either, your talent level is super special right. and you don't have to work super, super hard. Or, or there's guys that are pretty talented and they work super hard and then. And they got to have that drive, right? They like, got to have mean, that drive. Yeah. yeah. That's what I always look at. I mean, you know, and I guarantee you. Those guys, when they go from college to pros, see mm-hmm. the same thing. Oh, I bet they do. I'm sure you see it that way. And I yeah. talk to people all the time when I'm talking with business people about it. And I, where I use that story is I, you know, I say, I, I talked to so my buddy, did this, and, and it was an eye opener even at an early age for me to realize mm. that they were, that you, because in my mind, I'm like, Swan's just like this amazing athlete. He's just going to go up there and just like, it's just going to crush it. And you go up there and you're like, dude, if he, and he was one of the best athletes I knew, if he could go up there and, came back and was like holy shit mm-hmm. this is a whole nother level i was like fuck you know that's that's nuts so i mean to me that's that just shows what that level of of well you know, when you make it's that two move, hands right you it's, gotta have it man. it's two-handed yep i think athletically he had everything he needed all the tools were there i think there was well uh, here, here's what i would say look looking back on it i went up i i didn't Totally understand what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. I I thought I think that it may be in my mind that it would that I don't know I would just kind of show up. I mean I wasn't afraid of working hard because right. I always worked hard. Right. But I thought it would. I, I didn't realize when I saw the size of some of these guys. I mean I was the second smallest guy on the team, and the smallest guy was a kicker. And I wow. And so I just got recruited to play as a defensive back. That's. Yeah. That was the discussion I had with the recruiter. So I show up, first meeting with the defensive back coach, and they, they've got the depth chart. And I'm looking, and there I am under strong safety, which is essentially a linebacker <laughs> position. <Yeah. laughs> a fast and I, linebacker. And yeah. I'm the second smallest guy on the team. So how, I mean, how big were you? So this is your 100, freshman. 165 pounds. You know, 5'11", 165 so pounds. So lean. Pretty lean. Yeah. And... So I'm looking at the depth chart, and there's a senior who was who was all conference player who was coming, you know, he's coming back. And then second string was my freshman because when you first show up, it's just freshmen. My roommate, playing same position as me, right, is second string as a true freshman. Wow. And then there was a junior, a sophomore, and then me. And I immediately was deflated. I'm yeah. Like, I've never played this position. And I'm like, when am I ever, what am I doing? Yeah. And it was a, I, I re, you know, I look back, the team was so bad back then mm-hmm. that if I'd have stuck with it and stayed healthy, I'd have got my shot. But at the, haven't you seen Rudy? Come on, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, we're not all Rudy's. No. I always loved that movie until I realized he was quite a bit bigger than me. Mm. And I was like, dang. Yeah. Well, not quite. He's a couple inches taller. Yeah, I wouldn't say that bunch bigger, but no. No, I think it's 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 a good. I mean, when we look at it, like I said, on the topic of today, with the everybody has a, you know, everyone everyone's got a different passion for what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. In life, period. So you're gonna have the people that can, you know, and you're gonna run into those people in your job and in life that are gonna have that more passion than you do, and where you fit in. You know, different, it's the different gifts, levels, right? The gifts and the passion, right. and when they coincide, yeah. Oh, so you got to find where the where sweet that spot, melts. baby. But I think the biggest thing that I get where we go and we talk about the football team all the time. Right. The, the thing is, is 
it feels to me like a lot of people think they need to play every goddamn position on the field. Mm. And I feel like I run into, at least in the sales world, where you get these guys that are like, you know, let's say like a sales manager or somebody that's expecting. Here, I'll give you a real world example. Give me a real world example. For myself. And I've run into this in multiple situations. And I, they will come to a salesperson who is very good at doing sales. Mm-hmm. And then they will want you to spend time doing a spreadsheet oh. about your sales, or they'll want to do a report about that, something. Right? That just hurt my heart. To a me, bit. that's like going to your starting quarterback and saying, "Hey, hey, hey, we don't want you to work on throwing the ball this week. We want you to take the whole week and go practice blocking." <laughs> With the, you know what? How about you go get the three hundred pound friggin' six eight dude? And you have him practice blocking and let me keep throwing the fucking football and making you money because that's what I do. And where you get these guys where where it's amazing how they're trying they try to get people to do too many things. Where if you want to build a good team as a coach, which is basically what you are as a sales manager or somebody, you you don't get your quarterback to try to block better. You don't get your O lineman to throw a ball better or to kick a field goal. It doesn't make any sense. And, but yet in our world, and I think the more and more we do it is everyone thinks you got to be so super well-rounded, right? There's mm. a, there's a point where well-rounded. There's an interesting discussion on it, that. Right. But yeah. you, but there's no point in you, you know, going out there and, and spending time trying to do a position that's not your position. Because guess what? If we have the best guy playing quarterback and we have the best guy blocking and we have the best guy kicking the ball and we have the best guy running, you're going to win championships. Mm-hmm. Period. So in life, do what you do really well. And a lot of the guys I follow, you'll even say, why do you know, there's again, here's that tug of war mm-hmm. of do you work on the things you're good at or do you work on the things you're bad at? That's a whole other argument that we can probably go to the mat about. But I personally believe if you're not good at it, you shouldn't try to fix it. But a lot of people do, right? They're like, oh, my weakness is I don't do this very good, so I'm going to focus on that I this year. I think that there's In value. 2019, I'm going to get better at spreadsheets. I'm a fucking – no, I'm not. I'm going to get better at selling than I already am. Where Where are you going to – succeed the most where's the money right right i think it's important to recognize your weaknesses recognize what they are and work around them but get really good so think i i use metaphors all the time you have a toolbox right you've got a drawer full of knives you're going to have a few knives that are very sharp keep those very sharp there's going to be other things in your drawer you're just not good at that's fine. Identify what they are and work around them because they'll come and bite you in the ass, right? <laughs> if you're Be not aware, good, if yeah. you're yeah, if you're not good at the spreadsheets, you're probably not good at tracking stuff. You're probably not good at at the back end of all that stuff. Find somebody that is good. Hire them. Partner with them. Do something with them to kind of offset that a little bit. Diversify. I mean, if you think about it. Diversify all of those things within, and I'm I'm talking like a company that's big enough that you can do that. If you're a one man shop, it's a tough, it's a well, tough deal. Yeah. Swan and those guys, you guys are you and Ferger in that right now. Like you're in that right. level where you got to bring. I mean, kind of explain it to us how you guys do it, but like, you know, bring a commercial guy in, bring a personal line. In, you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. You guys are so, right in that mode. Yeah. So we're a young agency, and so you know, we can't just go hire everybody that we would like to hire because you know there's right. a cost to that and, and and we're not there yet. So but I would also say especially as a as an agency owner for what I do, I need to know how everything works pretty good. Mm-hmm. I need to know everybody's position. You got to know all the knives in the drawer. And so and right now I'm doing all those positions. Do I want to? No. 
I want, I want to go out and sell. Right. Cause that's where the money, that's how you make money. But in a situation, you know, where I'm in, if I want to go there, I need to take a couple steps backwards financially mm-hmm. to hire somebody, spend the time to train them. Money doesn't come from anywhere. To, nowhere, to so. do to do all the service work that has to be done because if we don't take care of our clients, they're going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, absolutely, there's there's that there's that line that you gotta you gotta figure out how to how to cross or that hurdle. And and it's a financial one for me. Oh yeah, Wait, because yeah. it always boils down. Yeah, whether you got to pay for it. Right, right. That's all great. Well, fine that's and a leap of faith. It's yeah, hard. I, it's hard. It's like you have to know, like, like, because there's two. It's funny. I had this conversation. I, I see this every episode too. Oh, you I have that of, conversation. You today. have a lot of conversations. A lot of conversations. <laughs> um, but literally talked to a guy today about it, and I said, you know, it's hard to make that jump. Like, there's a point where you have to kind of go close your eyes and be like, okay, I'm sure we're going to make more money if I bring this guy on. Like, you know, and then there's a guy that, or there's the guys who literally will, you know, kind of, uh, you know, the paralysis by analysis kind Mm -hmm. of deal. The, you know, you analyze it so long that you, you take so long to grow because if you're going to bring a guy on that makes 50 grand, you have to increase your income by 50 grand before you'll do it because you don't want to go backwards. Right. But if you maybe say you can come out of pocket twenty five grand and you make that leap and go okay, I know if I bring this guy on and pay him fifty grand, he's gonna you know for an admin position or something that's gonna do right. filing. I know I can go out and sell now mm-hmm. seventy five grand more this year. But you've got to know that you're gonna do it, or you gotta you gotta really just trust you're gonna do it. And it's hard because as a business owner, you have that choice. You either have to have the money in the bank to do it, or you better just be you better be a gambler. But yep. some of it too is time to figure out what is the best way to do it. Cause there's, there's more than one right answer in, in terms of, you don't have to necessarily go hire a full-time employee. You can do virtual assistant stuff. I yes. mean, there's, there's a bunch Nowadays, of different, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of options, but, but there's, it, you're so busy keeping up with your everyday stuff. It's really hard to allocate time to, to growth and to doing those type of things that if I don't invest, I mean, it's kind of like paying yourself, so to speak, right? You you block out time to invest in the research of how do I how do I stay sharp on the latest trends? How do I stay sharp on what what can technology do for me that it couldn't do five years ago? Because there's a there's a lot out there that people just if they haven't been looking for it, they don't know it's necessarily there, and it may be a total game changer where that investment may not be quite as much as they thought, but the the, the profit from that, the backside of that is way better. But again, if you but don't have time to look for it and, and find it, you're not ever going to see it. Or be aware of it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's essentially going back to the football thing. It's like, okay, can we, okay, I'm not going to pay this guy millions of dollars. Like here, here's another interesting going back to something we witnessed in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. I know where you're going th- with this. There's two different frames of thought now in the football and the NFL world where they're saying, do you go with a system type, quarterback system like the LA Rams did Mm -hmm. where the Rams who had a very good year this year, they basically came in with a very low ticket quarterback, but they had a good offensive system and they were able to, by not spending $10 million a year on a quarterback, they were able to go and buy three players for $3 million a year that were defensive players. And, and you know, you got Gurley and you've got Donald and you've got Sue and you've got all these guys. They built a bigger team of names at low, you know, at a median price and competed with these teams who you look at like the Packers Mm -hmm. who didn't go 
and they have a $10 million or $100 million quarterback that basically the rest of the team was shit or an Eli Manning with the, with the giants. You've got these teams that have these big court, you know, but you've still got guys who will flat out say, you've got to have that one quarterback to, to get there kind of thing. I don't, I don't agree with that though. I mean, I don't agree with it from a business standpoint. Yeah. Right? If you've got, so I came from the radio background, right? If you have an amazing morning show, that's not the only thing that secures successful a successful radio station. Because right. if you, you can have sell a, ads on that yeah, show, if but you, you have a great radio, stuff. if you have a great morning show and a shitty radio station and a bunch of Nimrod salespeople that can't execute on anything and all the orders run wrong and they're selling like complete morons, great job. You're not going to make any money, and you're going to be paying that guy that's amazing a ton of money, and you're not going to be making it. Right. Whereas if you go get a good morning show and you have some good other day parts and you have some good salespeople and good administration and people that do a really good job on the back end on all the traffic side of things of scheduling stuff and making sure that when Mr. Client comes to me and says, I want to buy $10,000 in advertising and I want it to run here, here and here, that it runs here, here and here. And you're not, you're not making up for stupidity. Like I always used to have this conversation with young people in, in the radio biz. I'm like, what do you think the, acceptable percentages if you graded me what's my acceptable percentage for getting all this stuff put into the system oh no 90 percent. i'm like no it's a hundred percent that's the acceptable thing if i get a 99 percent, not only do i lose that money i have to make it up so i steal money from the future so now if i'm if i'm more if i'm selling more of the future inventory that costs more so a unit was like say it was a 50 dollar unit now it's a 60 dollar unit now i've lost 110 bucks not just what I screwed up from one thing, right? From one spot. If that ran long, a long time and was screwed up, I'm, I got to give money back that I thought I made and I got to take inventory from the future. It's a double whammy. Well, I think everybody needs to contribute. I mean, it would be no different than have like a producer. You have one insurance agent that just sells all your insurance and you've got some numb nut that sits in there and plays fucking Fortnite all day on his computer and you guys all got the same check. Yeah. Right? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work. Nope. So you have to build yourself that team yeah. of people that can all contribute cuz you know in the long in the long run we you know we all get a super bowl ring you know they get down to mm-hmm. it the guy that does the water for the patriots this year Coming. got a super bowl ring he's actually got a bunch of them you know so the guy the guy <laughs> that does. does the equipment you know and washes jock straps got a super bowl ring you know what and that, I mean that's the thing like I mean is as crazy as that sounds you got to understand yeah. there was a hundred dudes that all didn't qualify to be the jockstrap washer for the Patriots. Okay. Everyone has to be good at their job, and but do what your they job do well, and it's okay because you know, everyone sits there and I think that we've, we put such a, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not going to get in. I, I'm not really a millennial basher, but I think the one thing that they get a lot of tag tagged with is that they're holding out. They're all holding out for management or CEO positions. And I, I think that's true to a point. There's some, but I think that there's a lot of that and just I mean, where people are just like like waiting for they don't want to be the jockstrap washer, you know, even if, you know, but they all want to win a Super Bowl ring. It's like, all right, yeah. well, which one do you want to be? How about you just do your job really well? And we'll go back to DYJ. I bring it up on several episodes. Yeah. Do your fucking job. Wait, and if that's you a just D-Y-F-J. do it. FJ. Yeah. That's and that's different. probably should be the way I put it. Because yeah. if you just do it. Do we, the, we'll all get a ring. Do the do your right. job well, yeah. <laughs> and we will actually get. You know, I mean, and, and I think that's where people get worried that they're 
they're not a big enough you know person on the team. They're not they're not the guy. I want to be we can't all be the quarterback, man. No. You there's can't, not yeah. there's not 11 quarterbacks out there. No. I for actually for a fucking reason. I ran into this actually in the last 2 weeks personally. And which is I'll I'll just be kind of authentic with you, right? So this is my 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 review for the year. So we go through all the things that I'm working on and all these you know yada yada yadas. So my office sits right next to our main conference room. So I can hear all of the meetings going on in the conference room, all of the big high level meetings, all the strategy, all like all that stuff. I hear it and I'm not in very many of them and I was hired to be <laughs> and I'm not. And so there's this really sensitive artist moment where I'm like, how come I'm not invited to some of these meetings? Like I can hear you guys talking and I have good input as I'm pounding away on stuff that's making the agency money. I'm sitting there trying to kind of do this duality. So as I'm talking to my supervisor about it, I'm like, I, I recognize that. I don't know what meetings I need to be in. At the end of the day, I want to be the most valuable asset to the company. And if that means I'm doing 35 car ads this month, then I'm going to do 35 car ads this month to the best of my ability. But if I don't bring this up, I don't want it to be an issue down the road where I'm disgruntled. Do I need to be in some of these meetings? Is there a reason I'm not in some of these meetings? Is it because there's insecurity will creep in and all that stuff, right? But I, I want to be able to go do what I'm really, really good at. And frankly, what nobody else in the agency can do. Nobody else does the radio and TV audio stuff. They just don't do it. I'm the guy that does all that stuff. And there's other things that I bring to the table, but I see things, you know, in the neighbor's yard going, man, I sure wish I was in that meeting. But it that's a maturity thing, though. And even, well, God, I've been in the business for 25 years, and I still struggle with that where I'm like, man, really? I want to be in that meeting because I want to feel like I'm part of that. I am part of it. Yeah. I'm you executing are, it. You are. And I, don't, and, and I don't think it's so much a maturity thing. I mean, I think that's inherent in everybody. And, and being a working in a positive, good, you know, atmosphere where everybody feels included and they're part of the right. part of the team is super important because yeah. then you're not, if, if they're not, if they're sitting there and there's, there's a meeting and the door's closed, mm -hmm. what are they, what do you do? You're, you're wondering what they're talking about. Right. Well, one of us might have a really good microphone and he can turn up the gain. He can hear what they're talking about. So look at this. Like going back to football, Swan. This is here's a here's a great example. You scored a shit ton of touchdowns in high school. There was always, almost a lot of times. I mean, there's some times where you just hit the fucking corner and took off. But a lot of times there was a guy blocking for you. Or Every was, time, right? There's a guy in front of you that fucking blew a hole open that put you in the end zone, right? And I saw his and, knuckles, and, and they were Swan, always bloody. Swan Swan <laughs> ends up with you know freaking a game with five touchdowns but there's a guy that was doing that blocking right and i don't know that there was ever a situation being on that team and being you know playing football with you i never heard anyone complain about it like i mean they're like everybody you know and, and maybe this is going back to our generation versus the new or whatever like there were everyone was happy like for swan to get a touchdown we got him in but the they, end zone kind it. of deal right that's right. good coaching right, right, right. that's you good ha exactly right yeah, it's yeah. Good coaching. you had to feel like you know we got him in that end zone right and that's the thing like in a business you have to go you know what 
they had that meeting and I sat in here and I put out these ads and this got us this contract mm-hmm. and the, that meeting helped get the contract and what I did got the contract. You know, Swan knew that he had to hold the ball, make a cut and get in there. But there was a guy in front of that guy that had the block and there was a guy in front of that guy that had to hit a block. Right. And there's a receiver that had to basically run somebody off, you know, to get to clear out the safety. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, like. You look at it, bringing it back to the football thing. There's a there's a play action. Butch had to basically fake a you know fake a pat you know to do a play action and fake his bootleg out to get you freed up. To, I mean, like everyone had a different role that they had to do. And what I I pisses me off about business is it gets to a point where some people are like, you know what, fuck him, hand him the ball, and let him run it in there. I'm not going to go do my thing. And and you see it even in sports. Going back to football, mm. you'll see in football where there's just some of those guys that just like the quarterbacks don't sell it. Like they don't try. They're not really they're just handing the ball off. They don't yeah. they don't really you know, you look at the Peyton Mannings and the uh you know and the and the Brady as much I don't like him. Uh you know, you look at these quarterbacks that that really sell it. Like they they fake the pass on every play. Brett Favre. Mm. Brett Favre was the probably the best at like empty hand running, throwing faking things. Like he wanted to be a spectacle to try to draw away the attention to get his guy the ball, right? To get that touchdown, even when he wasn't throwing it. And I think there's there's less and less of that in business where you got people that are, you know, they want to be the guy with the ball. And I mean, and I, just, I think there's people that are good and bad at it. Like, I think there's people that, you know, but if we really look at it, the way of the success of a company, and in general, society, if we all do what we're supposed to do at our level. Well, and recognize it is not about you. Yeah. Hey. It isn't about you. It goes back. I mean, I tell my kids that all the time. Dude, it is not about you. Life is hard. Life is not fair. There's going to be times you're going to have a dick boss. There's going to be times that suck, and you have to nut up and do what you need to do. And guess what? You're going to learn lessons from it, and you're going to be a better leader. You're going to be a better worker. You're going to be a better everything. And guess what? It will suck. Yeah. Deal with it. And deal I told with my it son with this dignity. morning on the way to school because he says this. He goes, I don't know if my... One teacher's having like some personal problems or something at home, but he goes, she's gone from being pretty cool to just being a total pain lately. Like, I mean, she complains about everything. She got mad at us for talking and like, she usually is like, she wants us to help each other. And you know, he was just kind of going through it. I said, Hey, here's the deal. That's real life, dude. Like, this is great that you're doing this because you're getting better as an adult and as a, as a, you know, a, a young adult. Because adulting is hard. You're gonna find <laughs> teachers that don't. I go. Trust me. You get to high school, they give less shits than they do in junior high, <laughs> and in college, so, it's even worse. Yeah. So you're gonna have to get to a point where you basically can operate on your own and be able to to pivot when yeah. you you know when you catch a teacher like that. And you're like, oh, oh sh- okay, okay, okay. One this of- teacher's not gonna let me do that, and you change. And it may sure. change period to period, right? And and you have to know that. So, I mean, it's just part of life. One of the chunks of advice I always gave when I was mentoring people at the radio station, and a lot of, I've talked to guys that have moved on 15 years ago, and there's little nuggets that I, I always pounded on with those guys. And one of them was, dude, always give somebody the benefit of the doubt. It really doesn't cost you that much, but you don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know the meeting they just got out of. You don't know the phone call they just got. And, and there's a, a beautiful story about this. And I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. He's famous author, but he's, he's on a, on a train and there's a, a dad and, and his boys and the, the boys are going crazy and just being two young boys and really getting disruptive on this train. And finally this guy's like, Hey dude, you 
can you control your sons? They're being ridiculous. And the guy like kind of snaps out of a trance and he's like, well, uh, oh yeah, yeah, guys, sit down, sit down. He goes, I'm, I'm sorry. We just left the hospital where their mother just died and we're just all trying to figure it out. Yeah. And it was like, gulp. Burp. And I remember like hearing that story and it just crushed me. I was like, man, you don't know. You don't know. Give, give them the benefit of the doubt. If you need to pivot, pivot. It isn't about you at the moment. Right. There you go. No, it's bigger. It's and that's the biggest, probably the biggest problem we get into is people don't look big picture, right? They're not no, looking it's at hard. What, what it's like. What does it do for me right now? I mean, and it goes like I said, I'm calling back to some previous episodes. We were talking about the mm-hmm. shopping carts and shit. That everybody knows I get really pissed off. About. Yes, you. He gets so mad. <sighs> well, <I get> really <clears throat> fucking mad about that. But I did it again this week, and it was and it was just kind of funny. Like you know, yeah, I grab a cart. Like that's that thing, right? Like if 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 a whole team. If everybody, if we're a team, if all of us that just pulled into the parking lot at Albertsons are a team, mm. and we all grab one cart and we take it in, the cart, the, all the sharp carts get put away. Just right? like the Amish, but thing. that's not many what hands make for light work. Yeah, and it's just like, but people don't get that. Like you know, we're all a team in this whole thing. Like, sure. and that's, that's a matter of you know picking up garbage when you're out and about. You know, and you see something on the ground, you pick it up. You know, like those little things that you do. You know, and it goes back to the you know. Does the guy, you know, the guy washing jock straps helped make a Super Bowl team? The mm-hmm. guy that picks up the the trash makes the world a cleaner place. The guy that puts a shopping cart back, you know, saves somebody from getting their car dinged. I mean, like, I mean, there's just <laughs> these. You have to f- acknowledge that little things make big differences, right? And in businesses, sometimes what you're doing, whether you be, you know, the gal that answers your phone, you don't get a lead. If you guys get a call at your agency and she calls in and she's and somebody. She calls, oh, yeah, we're looking for a quote on this. And she drops the ball and just is like, doesn't write it down, doesn't do her job because she's watching something on YouTube. You don't get that lead. You don't make money. Nobody gets paid. Right. right? The machine stops. Yep. So so even little stupid stuff like somebody answer, you know, it, it, you know, every single person's job is important. Mm-hmm. Every position's important. Like, you know, I mean, the, the old lineman's not any less important. The kicker's not any less important. You know, people make jokes about kickers all hey, how the time. Many, right? How many games were lost Holy shit. in the... In the NFL season this year, how many games were lost on a kick or one? That's probably a a whole episode just (laughs) talking about the importance of somebody like a kicker. Like, I mean, you're looking at a guy whose job is basically all or nothing. You are literally non-existent in anyone's eyes, or you are literally saving the game or losing. That goes back to the you're either hero or zero. There's yeah, nobody gives a shit about the kicker in the middle of the game, but if he loses the game, he's an asshole, and if he wins it. He's a hero for a little bit, like, but he's yeah, he's a don't nobody. put it in the kicker's hand. Don't put it in the yep. kicker's hand. <laughs> just don't do it. So I go scorecards. Good, just, just score touchdowns. Good coaching. <laughs> <laughs> but like, literally, there's everybody's got these, you know, these roles, and it's funny how you never know when somebody's role is going to be super important. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, you never know when, you know, like, I don't know who's answering your phones now or whatever, but it's like, if it's you know. You got the lady that you know answers your phones, or the guy. Let's not be sexist. Yeah, um, jerk. <laughs> so we got you know the guy that's answering the phone, but that call comes in, and he may just answer the call right, and he might be funny, or he may make a joke about you know, you know, oh yeah, well, hold on, Swanee's yeah, let, let me get let me get our agent for I'll go wake him up, or I'll you know like make a joke or something, ha ha. That may win over a huge client that's just calling in for the first time. Or vice versa, that person could be like, ah, "Hold on, let me go." Okay, hold on. 
you know, well, yeah. and that person hangs up and you miss a whole client. You miss a huge client. You never know. Huge, I, huge deal. Huge deal. Huge. Just being able to talk on the phone. Because yeah. I've heard it over the years with different, <laughs> you know, yeah. people, the frontline defense who answer the phone and transfer calls. And you can just cringe. <laughs> just their tone. It's like, you you've already set this bad tone with yeah. with this client. I, I know somebody you've worked with in the past that has set bad tones on a lot of levels oh, for yeah. a, for agencies. That's another. <laughs> That's but another. Uh, yeah, but like we, we literally, I mean, it's it's. I have a guy that my dad worked with, and I fucking laughed every because he would he'd always answer the phone. And I'm like, why did it take his fucking phone away? Like, take it away. <laughs> like, he was such an, and he's a great guy. Like, I really do like this guy. Like, outside, like, he's a bar, big barbecue guy. We totally get along. Yeah. I think he's great. But his his bedside manner, if you will, is fucking horrible. And he literally calls, he's like, you know, I mean, when they'd answer, you know, and XYZ, they do, hey, uh, I'm looking for, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, slow down. Who are you looking for? <laughs> Well, he's gone. Um. Oh, okay. Does he have a voicemail or? Yeah, I don't. Ah, uh, shit. Uh, let me look here. How we can do? I don't know how to transfer this thing. What? I mean, like he literally. This is no shit. What you'd be hearing on the phone with him, and I'd be calling for my dad. Hey, man, how's it going? Good. Hey, where's my dad? Oh no, man. I should. Uh, let me find out. I, I don't know how to work this thing. You know what? I'm like, why are you answering the fucking phone? Don't let this guy answer the phone. You know, I mean, it's no different. It's literally like they took the fucking, you know, right guard and put him at the quarterback. Don't let that guy throw the ball. He Dear can't coach. throw the ball, you know? And it is so funny because, like, over the years, it's like, I, I'm like, I used to tell my dad for years, I'd tell him. I'm like, God damn, he answered the phone when I called. Why do you guys let him answer the phone? But uh, So, okay. Because I've talked to people. I'm in the How? industry, and I talk to other people in the industry, and they're like, and I tell them where my dad works, and they're like, they have the same name. Oh, yeah. So I'll say, a lot of times I'll be like, yeah. So, you know, my dad, and they're like, oh. I'm like, no, not him, the other one. And they're like, oh, yeah, I like him. He's cool. Yeah. That other guy, he's an asshole. Like, I mean, they'll say how that. Do you, go, how do you deal with that? So go, do hey, you, man, what adjustments can you make? So you've got, so we've all worked with that guy, right? Right. As the manager, as the boss, as whatever, what do you do with that? How do you, how do you coach it? How do you deal with it? Do you cut out the cancer? Like, what? What do you do with that? They have to be willing to adapt or pivot, as we like to talk about pivoting. Right. They have to be able to pivot. And I don't think it's any different than coaching. And I mean, and obviously, I mean, uh, my upper levels of coaching was at uh, eight and nine years old, 10, well, let's see, up to 12 years old. Yeah. But literally, even at a small, at a young age in coaching, you have to be able to tell a kid when he sucks. Yeah. You have to. You're helping him when well, you go to him and, that, you're, and you're like, hey, man, you're not really good at this. We can't like I've had kids come on my team. and like, yeah, I'm the quarterback. Go, oh, cool. OK, let's set you up there. And they throw a couple <laughs> passes. You're like, you're not playing quarterback. Right. Like you can't play quarterback. Well, I want to play quarterback. I, I get it. You're an O lineman. Yeah. I like, want to coach like, the Super Bowl. But right. I, yeah. You know, I, that's it. Yeah. You know, I want to be uh, married to supermodel, but then work out. You know, like literally I, I, I sit here and I go, I, you have to literally tell people that they're not good at something, right? That's, was there that's ever was there ever a time, and I'll, I'll ask this of both of you, where either athletically or within business that somebody pulled you aside, coach, player, whatever it happens to be, and they set you straight on something that was an impactful thing that that was a pivot moment in your life where you're like, really? 
Was there ever a moment? So here's where I'm going with this. I think the the ability to be that voice that speaks truth into somebody's life is a massive trajectory changer and a massive opportunity for impact for somebody that they don't understand yet, right? Yeah, I can, agree. I mean, can you? Yes, do you, do you remember happened, that? It's happened in both. Yeah, both categories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. I know, the, I know for a fact. I can tell you we we're just it's weird. We were just talking about my junior year of basketball. I remember making, you know, and they go through cuts, right? You're right. getting through cuts and through cuts and through cuts. And we fell in the year, you know, we fell in the year where there was going to definitely be juniors playing on varsity basketball. Mm-hmm. And I was, I mean, I, my junior year was probably my best year, honestly, of basketball I ever played. And I was in pretty good position. My, you know, I'm in good shape. I was playing well my junior year. I believe it or not, and coming off my senior year, I didn't play that great. So it'd be hard to believe. But literally, my my I was our leading scorer and team captain of the JV team. Mm-hmm. I made the last cut of the varsity cut for basketball my junior year. And literally, Coach Williams came to me and said, you're not good enough to play on varsity. There could be a position. I mean, you could sit there right. and never play, or you could stay down on JV be and a be, a, be a stud, right. and he did, and he was right. I I was leading scorer my junior year of, of, on JV, and loved every minute of it. And, and I mean, there was points where like, yeah, that's great. And then I got to, you know, I mean, and and am I watching my buddies? Like they took our four best players <laughs> and took them up. You know, mm-hmm. Willard and Graham and Chief and Butch, yeah, went up. So they took our four best players. Which leaves you know me and Deacons as our team captains, and we, and we had a we had a fun time. We had a great year. I mean, it was a good year. But I was offered, and he t- and Deacons too. So Deacons and I both sat down and got talked to by Williams, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, you guys have an opportunity here. We can either continue on with the process, and you can keep working out. I mean, it was like that final those final days of the cuts, or do you guys just want to step down? But, and, but, and we were but like, it's a conversation. And here's what I love about it, right? Because there were some seniors that they yeah. basically ended up bringing up. I mean, our juniors ended up still starting. You know, they were still the best on there that, on that team. But they brought what they did is basically we gave up a couple positions for some seniors that got to play varsity their senior year. That, mm-hmm. And that was kind of what it came down to. It was like, yeah. you guys can either come up and take these two spots on the end of the bench and knock out some seniors, or we can let these seniors play or, you know, come up and be on varsity. Yeah. And, we're down. and it worked out great because... It worked I out. had a great year, and then I came great for everybody, right? And then the next year, I got to play varsity, and we won the state championship. So the, the team before did not win the state championship. So, so that was you know that was a good thing, and and but it was definitely a time where I realized like because I you know your whole drive is to get on the best team you can, right? You yeah. want to be on the A team. It was kind of like being on the B. I, I don't know if I that, but, I, but sometimes you can't really see good. it. I mean, yeah. sometimes really you can't see it. Like, so I'll give you a super quick story. I'm on a, a really good morning show on a radio station and we hire this gal and she is a firecracker and the show is, is starting to gel and it's going to be a really, really good morning show. And we're starting to gain some momentum and get really excited. And then I come to work on a Monday and we have a meeting and they left and I'm like, <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up, you jackasses. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it's really easy to go, oh, really? But the funny thing is, I did what I could do, the best of what I was given for a little while, and then I stumbled into doing production. And I'd always liked doing it, and I always filled in for it. But 
I advocated for something and I said, Hey, if that position ever comes up, I'd be interested in that. And they're like, really? And I mean, now fast forward, God, 18 years. And that became the sharpest knife in my drawer for a long time. And it was something that had nothing to do with me. It wasn't, it wasn't how good I was at anything. It was, it was an opportunity that came up because my two co-hosts bailed and went to another radio station and it worked out great for them. Irony is, and one of my life philosophies is don't burn the bridges because you might need them. I end up working with those two again in a different radio group like nine years later, right? which is, that's just the way that, that that stuff works. Be intentional about, you know what? You may be in the right to be a big dick about it, but don't be. Maintain the bridge because you might need it. Maintain the relationship. You so might play in different it. positions. Like, I mean, look at you, Swan. If you look at like, especially even making that jump to go to college or something, that's a very common thing for you to have to pivot to another position. Like, yeah, you come sure. out and you're, you know, all state tailback. I mean, I can't remember was you had tailback and, and and free safety is what you're playing right, in high school, right? right? And they, they come out and you, and you think, oh, Swan was like Mister Big Name and as a tailback. He's going to be a tailback in college. No, they come out at you and say, no. "Oh, you're going to be a strong safety, or you're going to be a DB, or you're going to, you know what I mean?" Like it's very common in football mm-hmm. to make that pivot, especially when you're moving up. You know, I think I missed that boat in baseball. I mean, baseball was my best sport, um, I, but I loved being a catcher so much. I wasn't going to take anything less, and I was told by several people, my coaches included, if you would just back off and be a first baseman. Why didn't you play first base? Well, I, did, I didn't want to. I wanted to be a fucking catcher. And you're so tall I to be a catcher. And they're, and they're like, dude, you're tall enough. You're long enough. Like you, a catcher yeah. is a great transition to a, you know, you've got a decent bat. Let's, let's move you over to first base. But I played, you know, two years on varsity as a catcher. I'm not giving up my spot <laughs> to go play first base. I had, and, you know, and Fitz was playing first base and, you know, I mean, it's like, I didn't want it, but they're like at the next level. Yeah. I remember even my, our catcher coach came and was like, dude, you should, you should seriously think about. You know, I mean, you could probably go farther. I mean, you can keep trying at catcher, and that's great. I mean, yeah. that's good. But you should, you know, if you transitioned your senior year and started backing up Fitz mm-hmm. and being his, like, you know, our backup first baseman, you know, to him, you know, you probably have a better chance in college because you, you're more built for it. Should have probably done it. Well, Didn't do it. Perspective. Hey, yeah. We were talking about Rob Morris. Yeah. He went to BYU to play running back. That's right. what he wanted to play. And the head coach... Edwards, I think, was like, anyway, told him, said, son, you want to play f- football on this team? You want to start? <laughs> said, you need to play linebacker. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's got, that a, super, worked out he's pretty got good. a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, that worked out pretty good. He's wearing a Super he, Bowl he ring. Was, he wasn't going to make it to the NFL playing running back. Right. So, but that's what he wanted to do, but he made that transition and, yeah, worked out well. So yeah, I think that that answers your question. Like you get those guys in a bad sales position. I know I know of one position where a guy was a bad salesman, and they transitioned him over to the warehouse, and he threw a fucking fit about it. Like I mean, is he you yeah. know? And and they're like, but he had had complaints. Like people were like, I don't like this guy's got no bedside. You know, it wasn't the same guy, but a different guy, similar situation. He this guy just doesn't have a a good demeanor. Like customers are complaining about him. So the company's like, dude, we like this guy. He's been here a long time. We don't want to lose him. So they gave him a position out in the warehouse. Well, I used to go, and they were a supplier of mine, and I would go pick up shit. And I remember when they moved him, and he fucking hated it. It was within a year. 
Dude, he had that place running so much better. Really? And he loved the job. Like, he literally was like, yeah, I bitched about it a lot, but man, this is a way better job. I don't have to deal with you guys as much. I come, come into work. I like my job better. Like, you know, he didn't want to pivot either, and he pivoted, and he, and he ended up better. So I think in those situations with your a coach or a manager or anything right. of people, you just have to be able to, to tell people the truth. I mean, and it's in life in general, I think is just, that's probably a good rule. Just be honest with people and even tell not them. Not sometimes you got to, you got it. Sometimes you're going to hear shit you don't want to hear. And sometimes you got to tell people shit they don't want to hear. Period. But that's usually when good things happen. Yeah. Well, man, the truth is good stuff because it will, it will allow you to make a, an educated decision. Absolutely. I mean, I, the, the, so here's kind of the twist to what you guys are talking about. I wasn't a star athlete. I was a good athlete, but I was little. I remember playing football against you guys, and I would hit you as hard as I could, <laughs> and I could knock you down, and it hurt every single time. But here's the deal, man. The physics of that, like what you were saying at the college level, like I was, as a freshman, I was the size of my 12-year-old son. I right. was Actually, he's bigger than me. I was five feet tall and barely 100 pounds, and there were guys that were, you know, 150, 160, 170 pounds as yeah. as young athletes that were just bigger and faster and stronger. And it was it, that was a little bit of because I always pictured myself as being way bigger than I than I really was. Well, we all do. Yeah, <laughs> but it was you know it was it was kind of interesting, and I I never it never clicked that I shouldn't be able to do that stuff. But the the, the cool thing about it was I learned a lot of valuable lessons i gained a lot of of really good friends out of doing the the sports and, and all that stuff but i mean I, I don't know if i ever had any coaches that really pulled me aside and they were like look this isn't gonna be the best for you i remember my dad um i quit playing soccer and i was a decent soccer player and i quit to play football as i think in the eighth grade right and i remember my dad had a conversation with me he's like look you're a good soccer player um football if you want to go play go play football great but you're probably not going to go very far because you're little. Right. And, and the physics aren't on your side. But if you want to do it, I support you. And he let me go play, play football, and then I ended up tearing my ACL and had to bow out of a bunch of sports. But, you know, being able to receive that as an employee, as a as a, an athlete, I think that's one of those things that I think is being lost on some of our younger generations. Sure. They don't want to hear it. Oh, I... When when I worked with Trevor, selling lumber, mm. and I got pulled aside, and you know me and my supervisor, and he said, "Listen, doesn't seem like this is working out very well." <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna kind of put you on like a two week probation, keep an eye on you, look at your production, and and then we'll you know we'll meet again. Right. And I looked at him, and it was an eye opener, <laughs> and I and I said we don't we don't need to meet two weeks from now I said i i'm gonna make this easy for everybody because i fuck, i fucking hated that <laughs> yes i was just didn't know what else you know i didn't he just put it in perspective and i was like see ya well and sometimes and no no hard feelings what i mean thank you in a sense i didn't say it at the time but that's how i felt i'm like oh i can leave now yeah this place you, sucks well you've been given given permission quote unquote to fail right yeah and here's the thing i was already failing but but here's the thing it's okay to fail yeah it is okay because you get the opportunity if you run smack into a wall that's a failure 
turn and pivot and go the other direction. Yes. It's okay to do that. And I think there's an expectation that everything, oh, I'll just be awesome at everything. No, you won't. And it's okay. Yep. Figure out some of those things that you are really, really good at and go chase some of that stuff. Yep. Turns out I'm a smart ass and I'm pretty funny. That worked out pretty good for a radio career. And yep. I'm semi-creative. That worked out pretty good in terms of the other stuff. And it, you know, I can go chase some of the other things, but I think if I were if I were to advise or if I were to mentor young people on some of that stuff, it's man, be be willing to listen and accept the feedback, even if you don't agree with it, because right. it, you may be really, really good and really suited for this job in the future. It may not be time yet. You may have all the tools, you may have all the things that you're going to need, but you haven't gotten to a point. You've got to learn this lesson. You got to learn how to walk before you run, right? Sure. There's, I think there's elements of timing on that where sometimes, sometimes you're just not suited for it, but there's there are other elements of where you got to you got to learn a few things. You have to mature and understand Absolutely. some perspective a little bit before you can excel at this. It'll happen. It just yep. comes with time and there is no shortcut. Yep. And you know, I mean we're talking about, you know, play your position well, mm. but there on on a broader you know, in different circumstances, you know, sometimes like offensive line for example, those guys got to know all the positions. Yeah. Right? I mean, cuz they and the best example that I know of, my wife is a rock star. And it's interesting because, I, I mean, I've literally been thinking about this while we've been talking about how to be a good teammate and, mm-hmm. and you know, doing whatever, you know, being good at what you do. And, and she she keeps, she comes home, we talk about our day. She never once complains. She might complain a little bit, but mm-hmm. she never talks about. It's processing. Yeah, you know. But it's never like I'll come home and be like, oh, this, you know, this sucks. That guy's a douchebag, blah, blah, blah. She never says that kind of stuff. Mm. Like, and anyway, it's pretty interesting because she the way her her attitude. Oh, Swan. Sorry. That's her right now calling you. I'll guarantee you. My ears are burning. Are you talking? I'm not complaining, but my ears are burning. Play this for her and then she'll feel bad because she was calling while he was talking really nice shit about her. You're right. Trying to get lucky, but <laughs> so, but no, but anyway, she's learning different positions within her department at yeah. Simplot, and so, you know, she's doing. She should be sitting here talking rather than me because she's she'd be much better at it. Um, we'll work her in. Yeah, yeah. I'm we'll telling make, you, we'll make, we'll make. We'll <laughs> make. Hey, this is a team. We're yeah, gonna find the right. We're gonna find yeah. the right person. Just building the team. <laughs> well, but I I do. I think that as a as a good manager, understanding what it takes on on those. So think of it from a military standpoint. I think the the power of a very very good master sergeant or somebody that has come up through the ranks of all the grunts, right, and done the hard nasty work. Yep. Those guys make the best leaders because they know. Yes. And those guys, if they're respected by the next layer of the officers. That is their connection to the groundwork of, of everything that is, that is the reality. If you're not listening to that mid-level guy, you're going to fail in business. You're going to fail in military strategy. Right. You're going to fail in that stuff because yep. you're you're, all of your strategy at 50,000 feet, if, if there isn't a filter for it to go through, it doesn't work. Yeah, because that, that staff sergeant yeah. you know, starts off as private. I'm sorry, I'm not a military guy, but he was the best 
private he could be. Mm-hmm. And then his next, you know, in every level that he went up, he was the best he could be. Right. Colin Powell's it, book. Yeah, it's okay. That is a, if you want a book to read, go read It Worked For Me, Colin Powell. He, he illustrates that so well. Where here's this dude from, I think he's from Queens. He's from New York. Yeah. And he worked himself up through, like, there's no pedigree there. It is hard work and understanding people and increasing his sphere, his bubble. And he moves up through these different things. And what a what a cool guy and what a great perspective on, yeah. on what it is to work as a team, what it is to to increase your influence and 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 go outside of, of the the pyramid or the bubble that you're in. And you automatically automatically go up. Great book to read if you want to read it. Yeah. Well, we're a little over an hour, so this is good probably stuff. about the time to wrap her up. Good stuff, Swan. Turned out good. You motivated me, man. Thanks, fellas. Yeah. Any parting thoughts? Um, no. Be a good teammate, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be the a hole. Yeah. Don't be the eye. Don't be the eye. I gotta get that shirt. I guess. I like that shirt. Probably in time, and we'll we'll go ahead and tag that again. Maybe the next episode will be. We need to do good t-shirts or memes. Funny t-shirts, funny me. I I think honestly that episode's morphing. I talked to. I'm like I said. I'm pretty sure we're gonna have Ashley on as our uh, guest on that one. Who, I've heard she's funny. She's hilarious, mm-hmm. and she actually worked with me uh, in a previous life. I feel and, bad for her in that regard. Yep. And she, uh, I got to witness her come into a job she knew nothing about and use humor in a lot of ways to get herself out of big fucking messes. And it was very funny because sometimes she would throw shit out and I'll let her tell the stories. I don't want to ruin it. But she's got a couple of really funny stories where she completely diffused a situation with humor. So humor is a great, I think it's amazing laid in the box. It's amazing. It's an amazing tool. So if you've got humor, it a lot of times it gets you out of a lot of shit. It can diffuse a lot of situations, and sometimes it opens up conversations, um, and sometimes it just makes the world a better place. Like I said, the t-shirt thing for me, uh, you know, I don't know. Won't get totally into it, but literally talk to a guy that he just purposely makes it a, a rule that he wears a funny shirt every so often because he knows that some people are having a bad day. And sometimes a good little funny laugh that's on the shirt. That's it, but that's benefit of the right? doubt right there. So that's that's in making my bridges intact. That's yep. building bridges. Yeah. That's I choose it's, to going be back positive. To your story about the guy on the, you know, tell your kids to knock it off kind of been, you know, and his wife just passed away. Can you imagine? You never how know bad you what the guy feel? right across from you is going through. And uh and this guy likes to use funny t shirts as a uh, you know, a, a an antidote to that where he can, you know, he knows that maybe that guy's having a bad day. He reads my shirt. He gets a chuckle and maybe it turns his day around. So anyways, so we're going to probably talk about that. Um, we got a couple other things that might pop we'll up. We'll talk too. about some cool stuff. It's going to be cool. Shit, whatever stuff. it is, but uh, we'll make you laugh. We'll make you cry. Well, thanks Swanee for coming on and uh short notice too. You popped in here and just all natural skill and talent oh, as yeah. a natural athlete. He's you're able athlete. to roll in here without yeah. very little preparation uh and and just completely rock it so well appreciate it fellas we're golfing on our birthday yes sir it's, uh, it's this is recorded everyone's invited it's documented yeah everyone's invited come on out it's gonna be great we're gonna all of our followers all of our subscribers all of our listeners millions of millions of followers and listeners <laughs> listening to this you're all have, invited we're gonna have to book more golf courses we're gonna need we're gonna need a bigger golf course <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do a sam elliott you gotta at least take us out on a sam elliott voice need a bigger course, Mio. <laughs> Get her done. <laughs> Till next time. Four.
Watch out for the window. Don't block it. <laughs> just, just stop. Can you imagine the, golfing with him? That'd be awesome. The double douche. <laughs> that would be awesome. Nice hit, mijo. Hole in one. That would be awesome. That's a life goal. See? Golf, we cannot get through an episode golf without with bringing Sam up Sam Elliott. <laughs> we can't. Can you imagine him in a sack, though? Oh, that's a whole other. Not on the receiving end. Not really. Different. Yeah. Now you're making it weird. <laughs> Is this the part we edit? Creepy. Edit. (laughs) Edit. Next episode, please. Next episode. (laughs)